While planning their wedding in 2013, Ashley and Larry Latta first laid their eyes on a Christmas tree farm near State College, Pennsylvania. They didn't expect to become farmers, but eight years later, they've married and are the new owners of that same Christmas tree farm. It's funny how life works sometimes. Hi there, I'm Chris Torres, and welcome to Season 2 of the Young Farmer Podcast. It's Christmas time, so why not do the first podcast of Season 2 on a Christmas tree farm? I spent some time recently with Ashley and Larry at their Tuckaway Tree Farm near Mount Nittany, just outside State College. It's a 30-acre farm that the couple bought at the height of the pandemic in 2020. Two years later, new trees have been planted, and they're making plans for the farm's future. But how does a couple new to farming plan for a future growing Christmas trees? Stick around and find out. Okay, so Ashley and Larry, welcome. Or I should say, thank you for having me. Thank, thank you, you for being here. We really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Before we go into, into Tuckaway Farm and a little bit of background about this, why don't we go into your background? Tell us a little bit about you know, where you come from. And uh, you, know, you have two interesting, interesting backgrounds here. So we moved to the farm last year from Pittsburgh. So we were we were city dwellers back then. Um, and I have a background in chemistry and IT, um, so not related to farming. Um, I was an accounting major in college, uh, worked in financial planning and insurance services after that. We both grew up in small towns. Ashley's from Huntingdon, so this area. I grew up in Somerset County. We knew we always wanted to get back to the country um, at some point. We tried to move back here multiple times over the years, and it always fell through. Um, so we're thrilled to finally be here. I've wanted to move here since 2005, so 15 <laughs> years later, here we are. Now, your journey to actually become Christmas tree farmers, Christmas tree growers, excuse me, actually started, you know, it officially started, you bought this place last year, but you've been looking into this place since 2013, am I correct? Correct. Yeah, we were, we got married very, about a mile as the crow flies from our farm, and we were driving around, my family has a cabin in this area, and we stumbled across um, this beautiful property, and it was a Christmas tree farm. And it turns out, um, we found out during a holiday meal that my my pap actually knows the owner and he he may be looking to sell and that was in 2013 and i think it was what 2016 yes. till we finally had our first meeting with the owner and thought about actually buying the farm and how many acres were we looking at at that point at that point we were going to buy 30 acres um, the original 100 had already been subdivided into three parcels we were going to buy the empty 30 acres and figure out down the road how to buy the center portion of the property that had the main barn, the original cabin, and all of that in the future. Why Christmas tree farming? <laughs> Don't you love dairy, a beef, movie? All that sort of thing. Why Christmas tree farm? I think we, well, we both love, um, we always loved landscaping and trees. Um, I, I was in the environmental club when I was a kid. We always did programs for planting trees for people. And then I think there's just something special about being part of what's the the best day of the year for a lot of people, going with their families to get a Christmas tree. We're growing something. It makes everyone happy. It's it's just a part of the tradition. And we wanted to be – we wanted to, to do something that um, was a part of other people's holiday traditions. Yeah, family and the holidays have always been huge for me. And just being able to sell – happiness and create that with a sustainable crop uh, that when you're working in it you smell great <laughs> it um, is a good smelling crop <laughs> um, it's a little sticky but <laughs> it's beautiful here 
I think it's a blessing. You know, once we saw the property, I, we were just set like, what a dream come true it would be if we could walk out our front door and make a living. So we're not quite there yet, but that's what we're working toward. And being able to grow something and create a space for other people to come and enjoy and experience with us. It's wonderful when we have people here and get to share it with them. So from 2016, you fast forward roughly about four years into 2020 in the middle of, you know, this pandemic or whatever. And uh, you guys decide to pull the trigger. Go ahead and talk about the process, you know, the process behind that. Well, we were sitting at Thanksgiving dinner in 2019 at my parents' house, and I saw a listing that looked familiar, and it was actually this center, 36 acres of Tuckaway Tree Farm that was for sale. So we we felt like it was a sign that we couldn't let it go again. It, it kind of slipped away. It wasn't the right time in 2016. And so we, we felt like we, we just needed to make a move at this point. So we got in touch with the owner. Um, he wasn't in a big hurry. We were able to meet with him at Christmas 2020 and, and come to a deal. And we had a closing over the next few months and were able to officially close and own the farm as of May 2020. Did you have a business plan in place at that time? I mean, how did that how did that work for you? We didn't really have a concrete business plan in mind at that point. We had gone through the numbers, different costs of trees, mowing, chemicals, things like that, to try to come up with a number of what the annual upkeep was going to be on top of just the purchase price as well. And then kind of worked into that. Now, the more we've been on the farm and dug in and purchased trees, things like that, now we're taking those numbers running it forward and, you know, getting a lot better with our management and projecting things forward. And that really is the interesting part about Christmas tree growing. You know, unlike any other unlike any other business in agriculture, it really is about, especially when you're starting it new, is really is about, you know, projecting forward several years. And of course, you know, you have an advantage because Larry, you have a financial background. So talk talk a little bit about that. Yes, I was a financial planner um, and then worked in insurance as well. So with that, you know, we used to run cash flows from working years all the way through retirement, et cetera, to make sure, test different scenarios. You know, what if the market crashes, things like that. So we have to do the same thing we're experiencing right now. Fertilizer prices, fuel prices, things like that. It's astronomical. Roundup's up almost triple right now, which that's our good friend things like that so it's very helpful for us to be able to run those numbers go forward and understand them and dig in um, a little bit deeper guys how many trees did you ask did you plant any trees in 2020 we did we actually planted 3,500 trees in 2020 and we actually started planning before we officially closed on the property uh, Larry was going back and forth and, and helping um, the previous owner. He was, he, I guess he was helping us get planted so that we could keep the crop going for when we actually closed and, and started actually farming the land. And as I understand, this year you planted another 5,000 trees. Yes. Wow. wow. Plus about 600 shade and ornamental trees on top of that. That is a lot of work, a lot of work. Now, I'm sure the listeners are probably going to be listening to this and they're going to be thinking to themselves, how on earth did they learn about Christmas tree growing? And there is a, you guys have sort of like a, like a wild card in there and that the former owner decided is still technically here on the farm. So he actually helps out you guys. Tell me a little bit about that relationship you have with him. Yeah. So since the time we originally met with him in 2016, he had built a new house on that other 30 acres. So he is our next door neighbor. 
His desk is still in the corner of the office. So he's part of the deal that he's here teaching us the ropes, helping us with equipment. He's made it such an, a simple experience for us. Um, it's a lot of work, but having him here to teach us, guide us, everything is priceless. I don't think we would have done it without him being here. He's a legend in the business, in my opinion. Um, he used to farm 250,000 trees per year, multiple farms, multiple states. So he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, it he sounds does. like it. Um, you know, from the time you guys started to you know, to now, what, what, what do you think are the biggest things you've actually learned from him or you learned about, you know, Christmas tree growing at this point? From him, I mean, it's the process, it's a calendar, it's a schedule. Weather obviously plays into that, but knowing the right times to do certain things, because if you miss your window, it's gone. What I've learned that's most intriguing to me is how you can shape different trees and correct them. Some people think that Christmas trees are special trees that just grow beautifully, which they aren't. It takes a lot of work um, to get them to that beautiful, perfect shape, color, everything. So that's probably been one of the biggest eye-opening things is how much goes into it and then seeing how you can tweak the trees how what you're doing makes it look the way it does in the future you had talked about i think it was pest control was one big thing that yeah really was pest control was, has been a big learning curve for us and we're still learning and that's when larry was mentioning the windows of things there's certain times that you have to be looking out for certain pests to make sure that we um, are managing them at the right time of their hatching cycle and taking care of them when it's when it's time to do that what kind of varieties how many varieties of trees do you actually have planted here on the farm we have mainly five varieties uh we have canane fir douglas fir concolor fir korean balsam crosses and some balsam fraser crosses next year this is from the conversation that we actually had earlier um it sounds like next year you're going to be starting the first part, the first nugget of the long-term goal to actually turn this into what will, for you guys, hopefully will become a choose-and-cut Christmas tree farm. So next year you're going to have some trees available. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think that the goal is next year to have a limited number of choose-and-cut trees available, probably some pre-cut to go along with that, and also have our, our Christmas store open for the for next season. We've had a lot of people either call or stop out this year wanting to know when we're going to be open, so we're working as hard as we can to make 2022 our first, at least small season, um, at Christmas. Very cool. That's going to be a lot of work for you guys. So, um, you know, what's that going to entail? I mean, that's that's going to entail a lot. I mean, what's what are the steps you're going to have to take to, to get ready? This winter, I think we're going to start renovation on what's going to be our store. So we're going to get ready for how we're going to actually flow through customers. We still have some equipment to get. We don't have a baler shaker yet that was sold initially before, the, before we purchased the farm. So we're going to be gathering some equipment over the next year. Obviously, we'll need some seasonal support to help us when we're actually open. Um, we won't be able to manage the, f the flow of customers and bailing trees, getting people loaded up on their vehicles. So we'll need some help there. And you have an IT background. I do. So that has been helpful in um, creating our website, working on our digital presence, um, because we're we're not open, but we want people to know we're here for the future. I've been trying to share our story online through Facebook and Instagram and letting people know what we're doing so that so that they can follow along and be excited and be ready when we are open for the first season. Sure, sure, sure. It's really fascinating how you guys from different backgrounds here, I mean, you're able to use those skills that you've learned and, you know, bring it to the farm back 
bringing it to the farm, to your farm business now. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's been a lot through our jobs in the past that we've really been able to apply in different ways to the farm. And we both have very different backgrounds in education and careers. So that's been helpful too, because we have different skill sets that we bring to the table. Sure. Now, $10,000, you just got a $10,000 grant from Bank Choice through their through the program that they started for, for young farmers. Um, so what are you actually going to be using that $10,000 for? We want to use that money for irrigation. We planted a lot of shade and ornamental trees. We had our pumpkin patch, and we had zero irrigation for any of that. Um, it seems that our weather cycle has changed, and it's been very dry the past couple years. They did not have to irrigate previously here, and if you look at the patterns, things are slightly changing. So that's a huge time savings. I was out there into the wee hours of the morning or back up early in the morning with a hose watering things. I had some drip lines run that I would set on a timer and change them and rerun the lines, pull them in and out. So that would be a huge time savings so we can focus our time elsewhere and be more productive, more efficient, things yeah. like that. You know, I, I don't think, you know, people who are outside the, the Christmas tree business really don't have an appreciation for how much water those trees actually need in a given year. I mean, you have to you have to really keep feeding those trees to to get to that color, to get to, get to the beautiful Christmas trees we all know and love. So, um, tell me a little bit more about that. About you know why that's so important. With the evergreen trees, we really need water once per week. That's typically all they require. Um, the shade and ornamental will take a lot more, but since we're on hills it's also very tricky so we've gotten some equipment in place i'd like a little bit more that we'll probably use that money toward we've been filling totes from our downspouts so i pop the gutter off and it flows into totes i move them around either put them on a trailer or in the bed of my truck and go to the tops of the hills and try to water the trees so we did try to get around to our newly planted trees um, so hopefully if we have that system in place in the future for the newly planted trees to help get them established, we'll be able to make our way to the different areas of the farm up and down the hills quickly to get to them all within that week time frame if we see that dry spell coming. And with the shade and ornamental trees being a little more sensitive, that's where we spend a lot of our watering time, where we could spend a little more on the newly planted evergreens if we make the, um, the shade and ornamental more automated. You also had, as part of this grant, process, um, I understand that you actually had to go through and do a business plan. Can you tell me a little bit about that, about that process of actually going through that? And, and how is that having a plan in place, having a plan on paper? How, how do you think that helps you out as business owners? Yeah, so we worked um, through Ag Choice, and they have some courses to actually help you with with the process of writing a business plan. So that's been very beneficial. I think that for us, it helped us go through and think about some questions that maybe we wouldn't have. Think about, you know, some contingency questions. Think about, you know, really what skills we are bringing to the table and actually put that on paper, as well as a timeline and plan. Actually um, mapping out if we want to have a Christmas store open in 2022, we need to get to work on that now. So it, it just kind of helped us firm up our timeline and plan of when we want things to be done to hit our goals. And I think it also gives us a reference point to come back to. Now we can go back through our numbers, look at them, see where are we on track, where are we on budget, where did we go over, especially with the rising costs of everything now, it's even more important for us to really fine tune that so we know um, where we're headed 
in the next couple of years. I think it's going to be really challenging since we still don't have that, you know, the revenue coming into the farm. And that was going to be my, my next question. Um, you know, obviously you both could have, if you wanted to, you know, great paying careers, financial planning, IT, if you really, and you still, I believe you still have a job. Correct. But, you know, both of you could, could have great careers if you wanted to outside of this. Um, but you're going to be waiting several years here to actually bring some money in. So how are you, you know, that's, that's an adjustment, isn't it? It is an adjustment. I, I've had to, um, I'm keeping my off-farm job, and that provides us health insurance, obviously some stable income. And then we are just being very careful with our planning in terms of what we're spending over the next few years until we actually start to see the revenue from the trees. I think, you know, we're, we're closely monitoring. We're really fortunate. Larry's very handy, so he's able to fix our equipment, do a lot of the projects around the farm, so we don't have to hire people for that. So um, we are able to really manage this without any employees right now. So that that's also helpful with costs too. I think that's a huge part is being able to just make do with what we have. We're keeping everything moving, trying not to take on additional debts, things like that. And trying to come up with some creative solutions to bring revenue in at the meantime. So we grew pumpkins, so we did have that crop. We got people out here. It wasn't a huge cash generator for us, but we didn't lose money on that. And it, for the goodwill of the community and getting people back out here meeting us, knowing that, hey, the farm isn't going anywhere. It's just temporarily on hold. So we'll be back in full swing here soon to have all those customers, you know, that used to come here. You know, we want to keep them. So just different ideas on ways to generate income in the meantime as well but it's huge having ashley working full-time we couldn't do it without that um that just wouldn't be a part of the plan shade um, and ornamental trees are a little bit of a shorter time frame too so we hope in probably under three years to be able to have those ready to dig and sell to landscapers so they're a little quicker than the the christmas trees but it's still still a longer term crop Again, only two, you know, you're, you bought this back in 2020. It's going to be two years now that you're actually officially farmers and farm owners. Um, you know, what, what advice would you actually give to, you know, either somebody actually coming into this business? It doesn't really matter what age they are. You can target your comments towards young farmers. But what, what advice would you actually give to somebody actually coming into this business and when to make it? Don't be afraid to take a risk. Um, have a plan to go along with that. And don't be afraid to ask for help. There are so many people that have reached out to us, lent a hand, helped us get to this point, and there's so many more people that want to help. Yeah, I think finding a mentor, finding, if it's Christmas trees, finding the associations, there's there's so many resources out there. We're lucky to be close to Penn State. I think that just take advantage of, of the resources there are. Ag Choice has been a huge help for us, both with financing the farm and their grant program and their business program. So there, there's, there's resources out there if you look for them and ask for them. Okay, awesome. So where are we going to be in five years? What, what do we envision this, this Tuckaway Tree Farm to actually be in, in five years? Five years, I think we should have our retail Christmas store open and hopefully have some local goods year-round with that as well multiple events throughout the year um, we will primarily be a choose and cut christmas tree farm so that's going to be our biggest season but we will continue offering the shade and ornamental trees things like that 
pumpkins, um, maybe some other year-round crops. We'll take a look. But it, it's going to be more focused on agritourism, getting people out to the farm. We even have a little camper, so looking for some getaway camping experiences on the farm too. But really more ways to get people out here, more people visiting and, and experiencing this place we love. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great holiday. Thanks. You, you too. too. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. What a great way to start off season two, talking to Ashley and Larry. If you'd like to learn more about the Lattice business and like to learn more about Christmas tree farming, just go to the American Agriculturist website. Their story is going to be on there. And there's also going to be some links to their farm as well. So you can learn more about the couple, more about Christmas tree farming, and a lot of other stuff that you that you may not know about, um, about how a Christmas tree comes out of the ground and is ready to be harvested during the holiday season. And speaking of the holiday season, wanted to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And hopefully 2022 will be filled with excitement and with good fortune for all of you. And thanks very much for listening to Young Farmer Podcast. <laughs>